Welcome to the house of horror. Eddie, you look pretty scary. Here you go, Eddie. Keep the change and buy yourself a new mask. <laughs> so I guess it's our last party. Aww. You want my advice? Dump his ass. Just forget him. Find somebody else. But I love him. Dump his ass. And I want to spend more time with him. Dump his ass. You're too young to be miserable. Dump his ass. Sally, I can't do that. Dump his ass. There's an abandoned house outside of town, near the lake. Make a great haunted house. That's the Berber house. Man, that place has been closed for years. Nobody gets in. Hi, this is Tracy Savage. Debbie from Friday the 13th, Part 3. For the best podcast ever on old slasher movies, be sure you find Hysteria Continues. You will be glad you did. And hey, stay out of Crystal Lake, okay? And welcome back to The Hysteria Continues, episode 178, I believe. And this is the first of the new year, welcoming 2019 with a Halloween movie. Thank you, Nathan. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're very excited to be back. We haven't recorded for a little while. Uh, we've all been off for the Why don't you say thank you, me? Yeah, it's Joseph's choice. Oh, is it yeah, Joseph? Mine. Well, sorry, I, I mean, I would pick I it. just presumed it was a Nathan choice. I would have, but the Alishans had, like, pledged for it, so... Ah, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, apologies, Nathan. So, it's uh, the Alishans and Joseph to blame. Although, is it? Because it remains to be seen whether or not we actually like Haunted Ween. Uh, It's the first film of 2019, so welcome back to the podcast. I uh, hope you all had a good holidays, and we are looking forward to talking more slasher stuff. And we've got plenty of exciting things planned for the year. Uh, so, how are we all doing? Are you glad you picked Haunted Ween, Joseph? Uh, well, that remains to be seen. But otherwise, I'm I'm doing quite well. How about yourself? Yes, not too bad at all. Thank you very much. And uh, Joseph, did uh, Santa empty his sack for you at Christmas? Uh, unfortunately, no, I spent most of Christmas either working, cleaning out an old apartment or moving, but I did have my, um, my yearly Christmas movie marathon. Um, it was nine or 10 movies and a few TV shows do it every year. And it was, you know, just as fun this year as it's always been. So I had a pretty good Christmas. Fantastic. Excellent. Glad to hear it. And what about you, Eric? Uh, did you empty any sacks? I didn't empty any sacks. No, I was working all through Christmas as well. Um, and I got no horror related gifts at all this year. Did you not? That's very. No. no. Oh, well, well, hopefully the uh, new year will get, uh, give yourself lots of presents in the new year. Um, and, uh, I'll, sorry. I'll give myself one. <laughs> I bet you will. <laughs> and Nathan, will you be giving yourself one? Oh, uh, yeah. I, 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 I do like horror. Okay. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Stay tuned for more revelations on the hysteria continues. So, I like air. I like air. I like to breathe in and out. Do you? Okay. Well, this is uh, yeah. This is what you tune in for, hey, folks. guys. Um, hmm. Hey guys, I'd just like to mention real quick. Um, a few months ago, uh, we were interviewed on a, on a site called MusicMachine.com. It's M U S I Q U E machine.com um i kept promising the guy that i would mention it on the show and i kept forgetting but i just wanted to mention that now for him um go to musicmachine.com again that's m-u-s-i-q-u-e and just search for uh, the hysteria continues or 
click on the articles link, I think, and uh, it's up there somewhere. So, uh, yeah, be sure to check that out. Oh, that's cool. Who got interviewed? All of us, remember? Oh. Oh, Nathan. <laughs> oh, Nathan. Actually, I don't. It was, it was a text interview, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a yeah. long, it was a while back. It was like three oh, or four okay. months ago. All right. I, I kind of remember that now. Um, Nathan's back to his old ways. <laughs> yeah, I guess my New Year's resolution is I won't be changing. No. Yeah, you very interesting breakfast by the sounds of it. Yeah, can you see the keyboard through the fog? <laughs> How dare you? What are you implying? <sighs> Nothing. It just uh, sounds like the end of the Wizard of Oz in your house. <laughs> um, okay, right. Well, yes, check out the interview because it is, uh, if you want to see behind the dirty skirts being hitched up, the hysteria continues, then it's your chance. So, but. Um, before we get on to the very scary haunted ween, um, uh, let's have a little chat about what we've been watching over the break. Uh, and Joseph, as you've, it sounds like you might have watched quite a lot, although I know you do treat yourself to quite a lot of non horror stuff, don't you, over Christmas? Yeah, over Christmas I did, but I did, I have watched a few things um, since uh, we last recorded. Um, the first I want to mention is the. Uh, Black Mirror uh, movie Bandersnatch. It's mm. an unfortunate title, um, but uh, this is um, Black Mirror. That what they what they attempted to do here, and um, what I think they did very successfully is it's an interactive movie, so you can make the choices for the character. Now, I'm not really um, too fond of this shtick because I, you know when I watch a movie, I just kind of want to kind of kick back and just let the movie you know do its own work, but Having said that, I really enjoyed this. Um, I think the reason why it works so well is because the gimmick of choosing kind of the choose your own adventure, which is what this um, movie is kind of based on, those old choose your own adventure books. I think the reason why it works here so well is because um, the gimmick actually supports the story and not the other way around. So it's not like you're just watching for the gimmick. It's actually got a really, really good story. It's really dark. Um, I think Black Mirror is kind of hit and miss for me. I mean, they do a lot of great episodes, but some of them are kind of clunkers. But this was really, really well done. I really enjoyed it, and I really recommend it um, if you are looking for something a little different. Although it's um, it's not exactly a new concept. It's it was done uh, in the '90s, but just kind of very poorly with you know films like Mr. Payback and I'm Your Man, and probably a few others that I'm not really remembering very well. But this was really well done. Um, I imagine it's going to bring more kind of interactive stuff, you know, out of the woodwork for, for Netflix. Uh, but it's a, it's a, it was a, it was a very successful experiment. And, uh, so yeah, go check that out. It's a black mirror. It's called Bandersnatch. How many, um, how many points in the film is there, uh, interactive elements? Uh, well, a couple of them are kind of superficial. Like uh, there's one point where, um, you know, the, the main character, his father, asks him if he wants like, you know, frosted flakes or sugar pods for, for breakfast. <laughs> and, it, and it doesn't really affect the outcome of the story, but a, a lot of the other stuff, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that, uh, you know, obviously does affect the outcome of the story. Mm. Um, for those, it's probably like four or five little instances where you choose and then, you know, it'll veer off into a different tangent. Um, it, it ties in with the plot line because the plot line is sort of about, um, well, you know, it's, it's based around that whole choose your own adventure thing, but it's, it's kind of based around alternate realities and, um, things of that nature. So it really works. Um, now there's one scene, Eric, I think you'll like is that the main character sitting on a bus and he's going to a job interview and he's got, it's set in 1984. So he's got like a Sony Walkman <gasps> and he's got a couple of tapes to listen to. And one of them, I can't remember who it was, 
but the, the, the other choice is you can choose what, what he listens to. Um, one of them, I can't remember who it was, but the other one was the Thompson Twins, and I think you're a oh, fan of the Thompson Twins. I am a fan of the Thompson Twins. Justin yeah. loves the Thompson I think, Twins. I think you might enjoy this, Eric. You should check it out. If, I do, um, yeah. I, yeah. Oh. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Sorry, I was just letting my it pussy sounds, in. I was about to say a cat is what I'm yeah, thinking. It sounds like a cat's knocking stuff over. <laughs> no, it's just he was just outside the door, so I, I just let him in. Sorry. <clears throat> Uh, Joe, have you gone back and watched like any of the other versions? Well, the, the neat thing about this is, um, I don't want to spoil too much, but basically, like, say you're halfway through the movie and you choose a path that that would end the movie really quick. It gives you it, it you know, it gets to the end, then it gives you a chance to go back and choose a different path. It's really neat. Mm. I uh, is anyone else saw it? Because I watched it the other day. Um, no, I no, I enjoyed yeah. it. It's it's great, but it's um I think it uh, I I think it probably would have suited an hour show rather than an hour and a half, 90 minutes I think it would have stretched the um uh, the idea a little bit too thinly for me, but I liked it well enough. There's about 40 different times, isn't it? Um it, it changes. The only thing that made well not made me laugh was the um uh, we were watching it and it was on the place uh, streaming on the PlayStation through Netflix and I had the controller plugged in because it was low uh, um, and I didn't realize it, it kept on hearing this kind of really weird sort of like buzzing sound like uh, like a doorbell or something and we were looking around trying to work out what it was and it was um it was actually the PlayStation controller was vibrating on the uh, on the side uh and we were walking around thinking there was some kind of weird sort of black mirror type thing happening and it was actually the playstation controller buzzing so so it was uh art imitating life imitating art i kind of guess but i i liked it well enough it's not um i think you'd really like it um eric because i mean it's set in 1984 as well yes. so there's lots and the period design is, is really well done yeah. as well uh, yeah. justin you choose the thompson twins uh well that was one of the things that we hadn't because the playstation controller was out of juice so that's why it's plugged in so you basically it's one of those things if you don't choose it it automatically chooses for you all right okay so it did play the thompson twins yeah but but you won't like it that one of the another character in the in the film says uh, when the character chooses thompson twins he says you know what you listen to is the thompson twins you don't want to listen to that and he gives them a list including Bauhaus. so no way yeah no, I'm not making yeah. that up. I remember now the um the other the other choice aside from Thompson Twins, it's like a compilation, and I think when you choose it, um, it plays the uh, the Eurythmics. Um, I think it, what's it called? Uh, like lovers do, or what's that song called? Here comes uh, the rain. Yeah, here. Comes yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Mm. So yes, that's it's, one. It's really neat. It's it's a, it's a really neat experiment, and I I kind of look forward to seeing what they you know if they come up with some more of these. Cool. Excellent. And the film itself is is kind of sci-fi, is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's sci-fi. It's got a few horror moments. There's a couple of really good jump moments. Um, uh, I don't want to spoil it, but it's uh, there's a there's an instance where the main character, depending on what you choose, he he might or might not end up taking LSD. So he sees a couple of things. Um, but it's really interesting. I'd, I recommend checking it out, Eric. I will indeed. Excellent. Okay. Well, thank you, Joseph. Anything else? Yeah, I saw a, the new slasher film. You might be the killer. Hmm. Um, it's basically about this this guy who um, he's like a head counselor at a camp, and um, the film opens, you know, after everyone has pretty much already died, and he calls his friend who works at like this record shop, and um, she's like a, a huge slasher movie expert. 
And, you know, he calls her and he's like, hey, a killer's out here and he's killed everybody. What should I do? So basically the whole movie is her, you know, going through slasher movie cliches like, you know, this is what you should avoid while talking to him on the phone. And I like the premise, but I, I, I couldn't really get into the movie. I think it's too glib. It's, you know, the humor is just too like punching you in the face and it never really stops. And another thing is that the main character, he's such a sad sack that I, I couldn't relate to him at all. Um, this is like a, a good premise in search of better characters. I would say, um, it could also have been a little shorter. It's like almost, uh, almost two hours long, which is, you know, way too long for a slasher film. You know, overall, it's not bad. It's really well made. It, it's an interesting premise, but I just, I couldn't get behind any, you know, any of the characters. Um, the, the jokes just keep going over and over. And I really wanted more of the, you know, just more slasher stuff. I mean, if they would kind of boil it down just to that, you know, and, kept all the ha 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 humor out of it. I might've liked it a little more, but you know, it's not terrible. It's just, you know, not really my cup of tea, I guess. Okay. I've not, uh, I've heard of it and I've seen the poster art, but I haven't seen, seen it yet. I don't think it's out on uh, channels here. Anyone else seen it? No, no, no. Okay. Well, thank you, Joseph. Anything else? Um, no, that's it for this week. Okay, well, thank you very much. Uh, Nathan, how about you? What did you catch up with over the break? Um, well, I did watch my usual, you know, uh, Black Christmas. I had to watch it. It's like a staple every year. Um, but aside from that, um, I watched um, The Bird Box on Netflix. Hmm. Um, and I'm sure everybody's heard about it. It's the movie where, you know, basically if you see whatever these things are, um, if, if you actually see them, then they'll make you kill yourself. So you have to stay blindfolded. Um, I thought it was, it was good. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, my main issue that I had with it is that I felt that it was a little too long. I just thought that maybe, 90 minutes would have been better fit for this story. Hey, Stripes. Um, He's vocal today. Yes. Um, I just thought that 90 minutes might have been more appropriate. But, I mean, it's still a really good movie, and it's got great performances. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad I watched it. Uh, I do think that it's been hopped up so much by now that uh, some people may find themselves disappointed. Uh, unfortunately, that's the bad thing about hype. Have y'all seen it? No. I have. Did uh, Joseph, you seen it? No, I've not watched it yet. I keep meaning to. It's in my, my Netflix queue. I just haven't got around to it. I thought it's very well done. It was uh it, it's um it's amazing with Netflix now that some of the, the moves they produce. It's kinda of, it you, you you know it's kind of like a big budget film, isn't it? Especially the um, the beginnings with like the whole mayhem of like the appearance of the creatures and like hundreds of people running through streets and things blowing up and all sorts of things. I thought that was uh, very well done, and also actually quite like the fact that you didn't actually see what they looked like because I, I guess it was all kind of slightly based on that whole Cthulhu mythos as, um, of the uh, or mythos the the idea of uh, when people see things they're so unimaginable that they go and uh, drive them insane it's kind of almost based on that um the only thing that kind of i couldn't ha- sorry 
like when you see Susie. Oh, I'm oh, very funny. Um, the only thing that put me off, because I've seen it twice now, actually, I saw it once here, and then when I was back in the UK um, in uh, over New Year, I saw it with some friends, and I couldn't, in between, I'd heard this thing about Sandra Bullock. Have you heard about her facial? No. No. Well, no. she's apparently... She's she, face. Well, she's got a face, yes, but no, she was on the Ellen show, and she so apparently she's there's this new um, craze for this kind of um, it's it's basically they rub enzyme on their face that's taken from the foreskins of um, of young boys, and Sandra Bullock basically um, rubs essentially rubs the foreskins of young Korean boys on her face to keep it um, wrinkle free so I was watching the movie all the way through and I was thinking the second time and I was looking at her face and thinking that's very strange so um but yes but apart from that i i kind of quite liked it i think it's uh i a lot of people are saying it's like a rip-off of a quiet place but i think the book that it was based on was written before uh a quiet place came out so it might have been it a case like of vice versa sorry it sounds like it might be a kind of a rip-off of the happening as well yes um i've seen some people saying it's a bit a bit like that i mean it's it's i it's very well done it's very well done but it's a, i think the ending's a bit trite it's a little bit slightly fairy tale-ish but uh no i liked it well enough what did you think, uh, Nathan, apart from you said it was... I think, I agree, it was probably a bit too long, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, mm. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought that there was a lot of good suspenseful scenes. Um, but I kind of feel like you do. I, I feel like the ending probably, I don't know, it was a little too neat. I don't know how to phrase it without spoiling, so I don't want to say anything. But um, it's worth watching, though. It's definitely worth checking out. Cool. Excellent. Well, thank you, Nathan. Anything else? Um, I also watched an amazing film that I absolutely loved. It's called I Know Who Killed Me, starring oh. Miss Lindsay Lohan. I love that movie, too. Oh, oh my, my God, God. It's so good. Oh, my God. That movie's so trashy. I love it. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe that I waited this long to finally watch it. But I watched it, and I thought, you know, it, 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 it's cheesy and, and hokey in a lot of places, but the mystery kept me very interested until the very end. I'm like, I thought that they actually did a good job with it. And the direction is very, I don't know, it's very Argento-esque to me, the way they have all these like crazy, like vivid colors and stuff like that. So I, I really liked it a lot. I mean, I thought it was amazing. That's one I really need to catch up on. I haven't seen it for a long time. Is it about 10 years old, 12 years old or something? Yeah, yeah 2007 or so, mm. wasn't it? Yeah. Do you remember I, liking it, Justin? I think so, yes. I remember it being, because when it came out, it was, uh, wasn't it supposed to be like Lindsay Lohan's transition from child star to adult actor, well, not adult actor, but, you know, like a, an adult role. And it was her kind of coming out in this kind of, um, you know, amazing thriller, and it sort of turned into that year's Showgirls. It was. It was totally trashed by the media, which is why I, I think it was a couple of years after before I caught up with it. But um, and now it is trashy and it's all over the place. But it has the feel of a giallo. It has that real far fetched um, Scooby Doo style style plotting, which I love. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's. I just thought it was great, and uh, it's a shame that it got trashed so much by the critics. But then again, I also think Showgirls is fantastic. I think we all we all agree on that. Well, yes. I, I mean, think, at yeah. some point, we're going to have to discuss that movie anyway, because it's the only movie I could see where you can beat up somebody's car and throw fries at them and still get offered a place to stay. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, we have a whole series of Patreon exclusives coming up, which um, that might be quite a good fit for. So we'll talk a little bit about that uh, a little bit later in the show. But uh, that's what I think that's it for me. I okay. feel like there's more, but oh, my brain is not functioning. Yeah, we I know why. why. Yeah. Oh, no. How? No, come on. Go on. <laughs> Would you ever feed stripes for the love of God? That poor cat. She eats all the time. <laughs> she sounds so hungry meowing in the background. Well, what's so funny is like um, she's got one of those giant feeder bowls and I always pour all the food into it and there's always food in her bowl. There's never not any. But if there's like just a little spot where she can see the bottom of her bowl, she acts like it's empty. <laughs> I wonder why she gets the munchies. Yeah, I wonder why. What kind of fumes must be she inhale? Must she be inhaling? Uh, she does not inhale any fumes. Oh, no secondhand fumes. No, because I blow the fumes to the ceiling, and she's too short. <laughs> <laughs> she's on the floor. Well, there you go. That's our lesson in uh, a science lesson for today. So, uh, thank you, Nathan. What about you, Eric? Okay, I saw very little because I was away for a big chunk of uh, December. Mm. Uh, we recorded last, I think, at the end of November. So only ha- like it's only in the last week I've sort of started watching a few films. I saw, uh, despite your scathing review, I sat down to watch The Nun, uh, which is the sort of pointless, plotless conjuring spin-off. Um, you were uh, everything you said was right about it, uh, Justin. It, it, it's um, it's more concerned with um, nonstop set pieces than it is with you know actually structuring a, a proper film it, it seems to consist of the one same set piece over and over again which is sort of our two heroes go into a church or a chapel of some kind and there's a nun uh, kneeling down with their back with her back to them and they sort of you know say something like sister can you tell us why these mysterious things are going on in the church and then the, the nun turns around and she's got a demonic face and there's a jump scare and that just seems to repeat itself over and over and over again uh, there may there may have been some semblance of a plot in there. I couldn't actually figure one out. Uh, it just seemed to be scary nuns in in a church is all it seemed to be. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a major Hollywood f- um, movie that's so devoid of an actual storyline than this one. Um, so yeah, the nun is it's 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 probably to avoid. Yeah, it's, I think there's fireworks going off here. So if you can hear those in the background, it's not someone, but it's not a drive by shooting. Well, I hope not anyway. At this time of the day. Sorry? Well, it's this time of the day. it's Three Kings here, which yeah. is their big kind of uh, Christmas thing. So there's all sorts of things going on. Um, okay. Well, I'm hoping that's not a drop. Well, if you hear me r- running, screaming, and the cat's making a noise, then, you know, something's horrible has gone wrong. But I think it's, uh, I think it's just uh, fireworks or bangers. Um, but, yeah, The Nun is, you know, I have no great uh, desire to go back to, to watch it again. No. Um, and that was it really for the horror stuff I watched. The only other thing I watched that might be of interest was The, the Quiet Earth, which I got on Blu-ray from Arrow. Uh, this is a 1985 New Zealand movie, but it's it's more, um, well, it's definitely a sci-fi thing. But the reason I'm bringing it up is it, it has a lot in common with Night of the Comet, which I know is a film we're all uh, kind of fond of. Uh, the Quiet Earth is kind of a New Zealand version made in 1985. Uh, there's some cataclysmic event happens and... Uh, seems to wipe mankind off the face of the earth in the blink of an eye, uh, except apart from one man. And we see him slowly going mad uh, as he struggles to cope with his newfound isolation, including uh, running around in a woman's nightie around a sports arena, which is uh, a standout sequence in the film. Um, it's probably less bubblegum than, than Night of the Comet, but it still has kind of a sense of humor. It's a bit darker. Um, 
uh, but it's definitely more, much more of a sci-fi film and uh, it has the most incredible final shot which is actually given away on the cover of the blu-ray um so but uh, i thought it was brilliant i'd seen bits of it before because it was on um bbc 2's movie drone back in the 90s and i saw i remember watching bits of it um but uh, yeah, this is the first time watching it start to finish, and I loved it. It was one; it's one of the best films I saw last year, I would say. Uh, and spookily, uh, whilst I was watching it, I did an IMDb search for the director just to see what else he had done, and it turns out he had died that very day. Oh, creepy! That is creepy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Mm. So you there could... we go. That's that's about it for me. I saw lots of them um, because I was. Um, uh, hanging around with my sister and her family for Christmas, so I saw lots of things like Zootropolis and Shrek the Third, um, but that's about it. Okay, well, thank you very much, Justin. Funny. Yes. Um, before you get into your um, recently seen, did um, I, I didn't get a chance to watch it, but did did you? I know Nathan did, but did you watch the Sitter, the uh, the short film based not, on When a Stranger? Calls? Not yet. No. Maybe Nathan, can... was that that was pretty good, wasn't it? Oh yeah, I should have mentioned that in my recently seen. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I have. Um, I, it's on my YouTube queue as well. I, I'm looking forward to it, but I, I just haven't got around to watching. Oh, watch it. okay. Yeah. Our... What's the duration of the of the short? What'd you say? What is the what? How long is the film? It's like twenty minutes. Okay. It's basically the. I mean, and to be honest with you, it's pretty much identical to the opening to When a Stranger Calls, with a few differences. Um. But it's it's well worth watching. I thought it was really entertaining uh, just to see, you know, I guess what uh, kind of short film Fred Walton made before doing When a Stranger Calls. I will say that the actress in the short film is not quite as good as Carol Kane, if I'm being honest. She's a little overwrought, I guess. But the guy that's the killer in the short film, the one that's like, have you checked the children? I thought the voice in the short film was very unnerving, very creepy. And so, I don't know, it's 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 really good, very, very much worth watching. I can't wait to hear what you guys think about it. Cool. No, I'm, def- I'm looking forward to checking it out. So, uh, yeah, that, that was, uh, yeah, someone's kind of leaked that onto YouTube, haven't they? Because it was on the on the uh, Blu-ray release, which I think has got the sequel on it as well, isn't it? When a Stranger Calls Back. And I love that one too. Mm. When a stranger calls back has a very scary opening. Yeah. I don't like a stranger calls at all. Huh? I don't like when a stranger calls the film at all. I like the opening and the ending. The middle portion really drags. Well, that's one thing. You don't even like the opening, Eric? (laughs) It's okay. I think uh, black Christmas is a whole lot better. Well, I would agree with that, but I still thought the opening for when a stranger calls is pretty creepy. I think it's kind of a rare. Um, I didn't think the sequ- uh, the remake was particularly good, but I think the idea they had really was stretching the the opening over a whole movie or doing the, was was better, wasn't it? I think it would have been a better choice to have done something similar with When a Stranger Calls, the original, rather than that hour in the middle of this kind of slightly depressing character study. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I think the middle of when a stranger calls just feels to me. Watching it honestly feels like padding to me. Mm. Like it's like let's pad this out into a feature length movie. Whereas I think that the opening twenty minutes is perfect as is. Yes, excellent. Well, thank you very much. Uh, so um, I haven't. Well, basically, I, uh, you've mentioned we've mentioned most of the things that I've seen. The one thing. 
that hasn't been mentioned that I watched on Netflix on the plane actually when I was flying back to the UK was a French film uh, from last year, well, 2018, called The Most Assassinated Woman in the World, which uh, is um, set in 1932 in Paris at the Grand Gournal. Uh, theatre which is um, as you probably know if you don't know is the theatre of the absurd and um, in Paris that was um, around in the late 19th century in the early parts of the 20th century before up until before the second world war I think where they would recreate or have these horrible plays where they would have very gory people being disemboweled scalped and their eyes gouged out all that kind of thing uh, on uh, on stage and the the audience being sprayed with uh, stage blood and uh and it's based around the woman called Paula Maxa who was uh was assassinated or killed 10,000 times on stage and in this she's being actually then she starts being pursued by this kind of Jack the Ripper-esque uh sort of shadowy figure who starts murdering people around Paris in kind of slight in kind of gory slasher star murders and um and so she's you know so there's all this kind of stage blood although it's it's all quite convoluted and it's a bit art house so it may not be it's not a big slasher movie with chases around the theater and things like that very french kind of art house cross with the uh, kind of theater of the absurd and uh, you know sort of a little bit of kind of slasher movie thrown in there but uh, i enjoyed it well enough i thought it was it's very gory um very beautiful to look at uh, and it was interesting that they had uh, the, the theatre was uh, there was loads of protesters outside saying shut down this uh, down with this kind of filth kind of thing so it just goes to show there's no such thing as um, you know it's outrage has always been out there for these these type of things but uh, yeah if you're if you're kind of um, curious for something slightly a little bit different and you don't mind a bit of French kind of art house uh, and obviously in French language then uh, you could do worse and check that out on Netflix so I take it no one, no one's seen it, have they? No, no, no. Don't think it's one I'm going to be seeking out. No, yeah. I don't think it's not up your alley. No, and I, I, I like things up my alley. Well, we know, we know. It's not quite a Jean Cocteau, though, Eric. Really? Oh, no. Well, then, then I have no interest. I'm, <laughs> I'm mad about Jean Cocteau. Well, I know you are. Um, okay, well, that's uh, everything we have seen. Well, mostly everything we've seen over the last uh, few weeks since we recorded last. So I guess that means it's time for a haunted ween. And uh, Joseph, there wasn't any, it wasn't a trailer, was there? So I think you sent through some dialogue. Is that correct? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, I could not find a trailer anywhere. Um, there may be one out there. I just couldn't find one. But this is dialogue from the film. Uh, uh, this is the Hank's character. Um I have more to say about him, but I'll, I'll do that after we play the clip. Okay, here we go. Let's get to the problem. We are going down unless we find some money fast. Man, I wrote him a letter told him we were having a few problems. Well, Hanks, what did you say in the letter? To whom it may concern. Man, we're having a few problems. Sincerely, Hanks Treasure. Man, I don't know how you came to be treasure. Hell, listen, you nominated me. I did? I did that? Hey, let's have a car wash. Oh, man, I hate to wash my own car, much less somebody else's. Let's steal a car and sell it. Guys, guys, the last time we had a car wash, we only made $120. We can rake the neighbor's leaves. It's that time of year. Man, we're not in college to work. We're in college to use our minds. Let's rob a liquor store. Everybody does it. 20 years ago, a deadly accident forced Eddie Berber from his home. Guess what? Eddie's homesick. When Eddie was younger... He never got his chance to be a part of the family business, the Berber haunted house. Now that he's home, he wants to play. 
he tells a college fraternity they can use the house as a fundraiser. While the Sigma Phi's prepare their rooms for fun and thrills, Eddie prepares his special room for blood and kills. As cries echo from the house, you wonder, are they screaming for their life or cheering for their death? Um, I'd seen Haunted Wing many, many years ago, and I kind of had it in my mind um, going into it for the show that this was a uh, a Nathan pick through and through. And in a way, I guess it kind of is. Um, but I was actually thinking that this was a kind of a shot on video bottom feeder. Uh, but imagine my surprise that this was actually a halfway competent um uh, regional, albeit kind of a late regional slasher film shot on 16 millimeter film, um, with some very quirky characters and some pretty interesting locations. I mean, I actually liked all the characters here, even the, um, even the Hanks character with his unfortunate accent and, the, I guess the bombastic speech inflections, uh, he's even kind of endearing in his own way. And there's one scene I, I really loved where, um, uh, this girl is walking along the side of this of the old Berber house, and the camera kind of follows her in this, uh, you know, this uh, follows her profile shot in this really well done tracking shot um, as she's walking alongside the house. And um, I hate to say this, but we do spoil the movies anyway. But um, it, this little this scene right here, it actually surprises you with a pretty effective jump scare, and it got me. And you know, a lot of these movies they don't. The jump scares don't really get me anymore, but this one's kind of unexpected. Um, and the whole movie's kind of like that. I mean, I went into this thinking, oh, God, I'm, I'm really not looking forward to covering this because I know it's going to be crap. But honestly, this movie's not – it's crap, but it's it's really good crap. I, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I think uh, I think there's some heart behind it, and you can kind of tell that um, as we get into background info that the director and the writer-director um, – I think he had a real passion to get this film done, and it really shows um, with a lot of the, you know, quirky, kind of snappy dialogue and a lot of the weird little uh, character moments. So uh, I, I kind of wish it's not a very long movie at all. It's only 85 minutes, but I think it, it kind of plods along a little bit. I think some of the murders could have been kind of spaced out a little more because as it stands, they don't really happen until the, the last 20 or so minutes of the film. But, um, you know, uh, overall, um, uh, this was a pleasant surprise for me. I mean, it really was. And, um, I, you know, I like when you you uh, you go back to an old movie that you haven't seen in years and you remember it being really crappy. But it actually turns out to just kind of uh, just kind of blindside you with, you know, I wouldn't say how good it is, but how, you know, watchable it is. So, you know, thumbs up for me. I, I actually enjoyed Haunted Wing a lot. Um, uh, it's not a movie I would probably be in a rush to go back to, but I will see it again. Uh, but for now, I do have a lot more to say, but for now, I'm going to turn it over to Nathan. Oh, I love the Southern accents in this movie. Uh, it really reminds me of my childhood. Um, and I'm, I'm a big fan of Haunted Ween, of course. I mean, is, is anybody surprised by that? Probably not. Um, I think that, um, well, Eric said something funny when we were uh, watching it, that Eddie's mother reminded him of Miss Hazel Tankersley, which um, she totally would have done a scene like this for me if I had asked her to. Um, this little heart attack sequence that uh, she has, which unfortunately pushes Eddie over the edge even further, uh, even after he's already committed, you know, a, a murder. <laughs> he has that. 
he has that Darth Vader no moment that no. <laughs> I love that shot, like, um, and I believe you were mentioning it, uh, Joseph, where um, the character of, of Mel is walking by the um, house. And um, there's like just a, a moment where there's something there and then not there anymore. And, and I'm, I'm trying not to spoil that, but yeah, that's the, I just that's thought that was such that was so well done. It was so well done that um, I was really surprised at that moment. I was like, oh, that's really cool. I like that. Um, I love this idea of, you know, they're throwing this haunted house, but the, the kills in it are, are real. It's not what I would consider like a, um, a slasher film in that it's not like he traps all of them in the haunted house and kills them one by one. It's more like he traps them in a display and he's killing them in front of people, um, you know, and they're all cheering because they think it's part of the haunted house, but it's uh, obviously not. Um, hey, stripes, yeah, yeah. I was talking to you, of course. Um, but he's like actually killing them for real. I love the baseball bat knocks a guy's head off, which I thought was hysterical. Um, one thing that I think is uh, great about the the movie is. I feel like everybody that is involved in it is having a really good time and there's just, there's a lot of fun being had. And so I think it translates to the screen very well because I mean, I had a lot of fun watching it and you know, I mean, it's uh it, it doesn't really deserve to be as unknown as it is because there are movies that are more well-known that are just, you know, boring beyond belief. And this movie, I wouldn't consider it boring um, like Joe said, it does kind of, um, the pacing is kind of off in some spots, um, mainly because you had the opening kill. And like Joe said, like, there's not really another kill for like 50 minutes, uh, into the film. But that being said, normally I probably would have been bored during this time frame. but I mean, I still was interested in like their little relationship drama and their, uh, frat house raising money storyline. I don't know why it just, it just held my interest, I guess. But, um, yeah, two thumbs up for haunted Wayne for me. I, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, I like how, um, you know, as I was saying, I, I went into this thing. Oh, God, this is going to be another shot on video shit pickle. And you'd be, and you would be, you know, you would be correct in thinking that it was because the opening like kind of title card is shot on video. So I'm like, oh, no, here we go. But then it switches over to the the, uh, you know, 16 millimeter format. Um, one thing you mentioned was the, uh, the, the fundraiser they're doing. I, I thought this was interesting that um, the Hanks character says, hey, we can charge, you know, uh, they have to raise like over $3,000. So he's like, yeah, we can charge, you know, $3 ahead and have this fundraiser party. And I'm thinking you're going to have to have like over a thousand people in this house, but the film is actually smart enough to kind of acknowledge how dumb of a plan this was. So that's another little kind of effective, um, you know, surprise that the movie, the movie seems to, you know, follow that template that like it knows it's dumb. Uh, it, it's not self-aware, like kind of snarky. It's kind of self-aware, like lovingly. Um, I was, you know, you know, pleasantly surprised at that. But um, Eric, what did you think? Well, I think I had the exact same reaction to you, Joseph. Um, just the title alone, I didn't even have to read anything up on the film. The title alone, Haunted Ween, had me, you know, had images in my head of shot on video um, rubbish. I was expecting something like... Um, 
Uh, what's the one in where the actors go into the woods and they find a pine cone? That one, um, Hollywood's New Blood. Uh, that's what I had in mind when I when I heard the name Haunted Ween. I thought, oh, that's what it's going to be like. And then when the opening credits come up and they're so shoddy and shot on video, I thought, oh, um, Doris Wishman, alarm bells were ringing in my head. Um, yeah, so I was actually watching, I don't know if we were all were, I was watching the 20th anniversary uh, version of this film, which has a slight recut. There's div- a different opening Um uh, so there's this new prologue which shows us a scene that happens sort of nine minutes later into the film, which I thought was a very odd choice. Uh, we see uh, the killer as a young man running around chasing a girl in the haunted house. And then that same scene happens about five minutes later, which is uh, weird because normally flashbacks normally happen much later into the film. Um, so, yeah, my initial thoughts after those first five minutes were oh this is this is going to be dodgy however yeah that's the uh that's the version i saw as well the the flashback just kind of happening really quickly yeah (laughs) (laughs) um yeah once it gets to the 20 years later section though um things really improve me i I like i love all that keg house hijinks i mean like nathan i find it kind of fun i when it wasn't being a quote horror film i i I was holding my interest uh the late 80s um you know fashions may have helped you know there's permed mullets and tight stonewashed jeans and um and although the first 10 minutes are must presumably be set in 1969 or 1970 that you know everyone still has permed mullets and and tight stonewashed jeans uh so there's no period detail as such in the film um I love the the haunted house as well. At the start, there's there was one bit within the haunted house that I thought, oh, that would be Justin's idea of a, a luxury villa because there was this graveyard set with lots of dry ice and fake gravestones and stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought just love that. That's probably what your living room is like, actually. Exactly, it's where I'm I'm, laying, I'm sitting on a gravestone at the moment. Very good. Yeah, the Wi-Fi is not great in this graveyard, though. Oh, oh well, can't have everything. Um, yeah, so while the film is a bit rough around the edges, I mean, you can tell it's 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 a low-budget movie for sure. Um, but you can see there's lots of filmmaking making talent there. Uh, we did a commentary track recently. I don't know if the, if the Blu-ray has been released yet for a film called There's Nothing Out There, which is a, probably of a similar vintage to this. And again, although it's low-budget shines through in the sort of the technical aspects, you can see there's real filmmaking talent underneath because the film... Um, has a pace and you know it propels along nicely for its 85 minutes and the writing and the pacing for me are on a par with a lot of big budget Hollywood slasher movies and it certainly has a lot more going on uh, plot wise than The Nun which I was talking about earlier Um, and you mentioned all the camera movement you know you've got uh, not crane shots but you've got dolly shots and uh, sweeping panning shots and it's more ambitious than your average um, regional low budget horror too and that scene you're mentioning where the camera is following Mel along the side of the house and there's that jump scare that stood out for me as well um so i'm glad to hear everyone else sort of spotted that as well it was, it was a very much a um a john carpenter type moment i thought um but my favorite parts of the film i would say were are probably the non-horror elements um you know the making plans for the fundraising event and i love the line of dialogue where mel is talking to sally about her problems with kurt and uh sally says come on mel you can tell me anything we've been friends for seven weeks it's like, wow, <laughs> things move fast. Um, uh, and I love the, the rock band, The Side, who are playing at the, uh, at the keg house. Um, they're kind of this wonderfully bland garage band rock ensemble. Um, um, the final third, when it gets to the haunted house and they start killing stuff off. Um, I, do, I don't know. I, I can't pinpoint why I wasn't as, as, intri- as interested in that final 
20 minutes um, because it seems to do everything right. But I, I just found I was, I was, you know, twiddling my thumbs going, oh, I'm, I'm, the, I'm finding this bit less interesting than the haunted house, or than the keg house hijinks from earlier in the film. Um, it, may, it was a bit torture porny or, you know, in, on a, in a very sort of light way. Um, so my, but my interest did wane for those final 20 minutes. But overall, it's a much better film than I had anticipated. Um, I was prejudging the film mainly because it was called Haunted Ween and because it's on that list of listener picks from the Alishans and it's, it's, we've decided to choose it so late in the day had me worried that there was a reason we'd chosen it so late. But uh, no, it, yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised by Haunted Ween. Yeah, um, you were mentioning the, the keg house uh, scenes and I, I really love those scenes. They, they kind of reminded me a bit of... Um, uh, Rush Week from 1989, which mm-hmm. you know did a similar release. Um, you know, filmed in '89, released in '91. Um, yeah, had that kind of that frat boy, you know, lighthearted hijink aesthetic to it. I really, I really enjoyed that. But um, Justin, what did you think? Well, I think uh, I think we're kind of it's a bit, a bit, sorry, a bit of an echo chamber in here because I had very much the same reaction. I must admit, I wasn't particularly looking forward to it, and it was my first time. Uh, at the the Berber house, um, so again, when I saw those uh, those opening sequences uh, sequence, I thought, oh, here we go. Uh, but then, then, as soon as I saw the tracking shot at the beginning, um, sort of a, 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 across the front of the um, of the haunted attraction, I thought, well, actually, this isn't just a kind of um, you know pick a video camera and hold it static for an hour and a half. So I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, um, of course, it's low budget. Uh, shines through but having said that it also has like charm to spare uh, the cast are having a whale over time and they're all kind of likable in that kind of kind of airheaded um, uh, sort of late 80s early 90s kind of kind of way uh, and it's very arch it's over the top um, but it doesn't become annoying I think some of the characters could have the potential to be really irritating but I didn't find them irritating um, I mean that doesn't have any great resonance, and so much it's not that it's, uh, the the actual the killings. Um, uh, I think the reason that I, I'm similar to you, Eric, is kind of what should have been the 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 kind of like the great, you know, sort of exciting ending to the movie. Uh, I think it felt a little bit flat only because it was very repetitive. It was kind of it was a killer would get some people in a room, then sort of torture them and cut them up or whatever in front of an audience until eventually they realize it's it's real because you know the scene where the guy gets his head knocked off with a baseball bat you're thinking if you're watching that you might sort of put two and two together and think either incredibly good special effects or that really happened um but overall i thought it was yeah it was it was a lot of fun i at at the beginning it felt almost like the film being shot in real time and i clocked that whole thing as well with the um the lack of period detail it was almost like superhuman non-effort to do any kind of period detail at all with the flashback it was kind of almost like well we can't afford it so we're not even going to try by putting up a doors poster or having someone in beehive or anything like that it was just like no we are going to go with chunking it with um 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 sort of jumpers and uh big uh, poodle uh, perms which wouldn't have been around in 1969 or 1971 dependent on when the film was actually shot which i'm sure we'll see uh, a little bit later um, I thought it was there's there's a few like knowing nods in it. It's like at the beginning, um, well, sort of about twenty minutes in, when you see the the frat um, party, and you've got all of these really um, uh, drunk frat boys like burping and um, and um, 
chugging uh, chucking beer over ladies t-shirts and stuff and the the young women are treating it as if they're chatting to Noel Coward. They're all laughing and going, "Oh, isn't this fun? Isn't this?" Rather than thinking, "What a bunch of pricks." Um, so I thought that was either kind of uh, the director was kind of really thinking, actually, ladies really charmed by drunk frat boys, or it was kind of a bit of a knowing sort of uh, nod. Um, the uh, I I think Blake Pickett, who was as Mel, who was the kind of the heroine for the better part, who who seems to survive being disemboweled and having a wrist cut, which I thought was quite uh, a Herculean effort, um, was probably the most thespianly challenged in the movie. Um, but she reminded me a little bit of the sister in uh, Troll 2. She had that kind of that kind of delivery, uh, which, of course, makes for very entertaining viewing. Um, she reminded uh, me of, uh, of Rebecca Sharkey Wood, uh, Lana, in Friday the 13th Part 5. I think it was more facially than anything else. Yeah, well, she's very blonde, but she wasn't... I think she went on to do some erotic movies later, uh, kind of like that Skinamax type, not... Uh, Anal Paprika? No, I don't think quite going that far. I, I don't think so, anyway. But uh, uh, when I looked her up, she was all kind of things like... Um, um, angels with wings downstairs or something like that um uh what <laughs> no i just made that up i don't know well i did I tell you, just just an aside because we've got this magic box here uh did i tell you, i might have said this before but i was just saying we we're talking with some friends the other day it was magic box which um is uh we get we can watch tv channels from uk and various things and it's it's probably possibly not entirely legal we're not sure but um it comes up with all the uh, the titles as they get released onto the box and um but it has the triple x one as well and it was the other day it was kind of antiques roadshow series 14 call the midwife uh series 10 and then it was punch my chocolate starfish four and uh, <laughs> and sort of like um you know nude nuns um overweight bliss 42 things like that and it'd be sort of <laughs> So you have to be careful when you've got guests around when you put on the box, just in case you think you watch things like that. So anyway, back to this. Um, The only thing, uh, um, uh, yeah, so I enjoyed it. I thought it was, I I wasn't sure what the, because I had it in Friday 13th Part 5 as well. I don't know if this was a kind of nod to it. Do you remember when the Lever Boys turned up in Friday 13th Part 5 and their car breaks down and they're kind of dressed like kind of Lever Daddy sort of twinks? And then you had the guy in this dressed as a leather daddy as well, didn't you? In front in front of the house for no yeah, good reason. Like greasers from Happy Days, like with the fawns. Is something. that what it was? Okay, so it's not like uh, yeah, dressed like Tom Finland. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of uh, just I uh, just uh, I thought was uh, it, it's interesting. So I, I, yeah, I'm sure it goes back to that sort of Happy Days star thing rather than uh, uh, you know what was the what was the place in Police Academy the um, that bar. Oh, the blue oyster. The blue oyster, yes. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought it was it was good fun. There was some kind of nice gore effects in there. Um, I didn't think the killer. It, it, it's he. He wasn't really given much, was he? He was just kind of Hulk with a mullet. Um, and I did uh, because it seemed like nothing. If he hadn't accidentally killed that little girl at the beginning. I did like the fact that he impaled the little girl by accident and then decided to cover up his um, the, the his mistake, the accident by chopping off a head with a machete. Uh, I know that was, that was a bit uh, a strange choice, but um, uh, and I did like the the ending where again giving it away and is that uh, is that the hero um, goes running after the killer who escapes from a haunted house in a van. And after stabbing the police, the sheriff's car um, wheel with a machete and drives away. And then the, the, the hero shoots at him with a gun and the, the van blows up uh, with yeah, the... I was with... wondering, 
did I miss something? Did, was the van full of explosives, or is that just what happened? I think it's just what happened. It just went up, and it's yeah, huge. And it's yeah. it, it it stopped, and um, and the killer, or the hero, is still standing there watching. And then the the van literally is completely like a fireball. It's on fire, like massively. And then it starts. He starts driving off across the field. It's a bit like a the fiery ending to Christmas Evil. The killer escapes in this kind of uh, this massive fireball, uh, which is an interesting choice, which would have uh, led to perhaps um, well, we talk about whether or not it did or not uh, lead to um, Haunted Ween 2, which I'm kind of guessing. I don't know if that was at the end of the original tape when it came out, uh, that there was a promise of a sequel or that was uh, part of the fluff from the 2010 re-release. Oh, I didn't I didn't see I didn't stay to the end credits. So I didn't see the. Yeah, so coming soon, Haunted Wind 2. But then, of course, it's that's it wouldn't be the first uh, slasher movie that promised a sequel, like Satan's Blade and others uh, that never came to fruition. But, but yeah, no, that was I. I had a good time with it. I thought it was, um, uh, yeah, it it looked like a blast to make, and it looked like everyone was having fun, and it, it there was enough charm on screen uh and skill actually with putting it together on a very meager budget that it was actually um you know it was a blast for the for the the cast and crew by the look of it but also that translated to making it like a breezy 85 minutes um you know fun fun movie so yeah so i think it's all round i think it's all thumbs up from all of us isn't it really for if, as long as you go in with your expect expectations checked um then uh, you would have a good fun uh, good time with it i expect yeah this uh, is um Go ahead, Eric. So I was just going to say, one thing I forgot to mention is that the character of Hanks, which you were mentioning earlier, he uh, uh, he reminds me of a certain someone. Here's Hanks from um, Haunted Ween. Well, check this out. Some dude just came by and gave me the key to the Berber house. Which reminds me a bit of... Yeah, And even... <laughs> I told you it like it reminded me of my childhood. I know. Back since... I've only I've only driven through uh, Kentucky a couple of times. I've never really stopped and done any sightseeing. But I'm wondering if a lot of people from Kentucky have that serious inflection in their accent. I mean, it was it was over the top. Kentucky's right above uh, Tennessee, so uh, yeah. Mm. Well, but, um, what I was going to say is, I'm sorry, sorry, Justin. What no. I was going to say real quick is, um. Of all the Alishan pigs, uh, I kind of wish we'd have picked this sooner because uh, they've picked worse. Uh, this was a pleasant surprise. Yes, Fella Day. <laughs> hey, I like that one. Yeah, we like that one. And also, that's oh, got still yeah. it's still oh, one of the highest can... rated shows. Actually, I don't think the Alishans. I don't think the Alishans picked Fella Day. I think it was someone else. Oh, did it? Okay, sorry, Alishans. I take it back. <laughs> but I'm with Eric on this one. Yeah, Nathan. Nathan's my lover. Yeah, well, we know that we've been sneaking around behind y'all's back. Yeah. Right. So, oh, that, so when you were shell. so when you were talking about sucking on a fat one, uh, Eric, you meant something. I thought you meant something else. You calling Nathan fat? No. <laughs> it's uh, isn't it like a another name for a doobie? Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't really say. I, I usually don't call it that because I think that's more related to like joints or blunts. But I don't do those. Okay. So. I don't know any of the, the differences between any of these things. I'm so innocent. Yeah, You're right. innocent. I like how, I like how um, Nathan. Um, I I probably get high as much as Nathan, but I like that Nathan is the one that gets picked on for it. Well, you got to understand. I've been doing it for years, so they've kind of gotten used to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
No, but uh, Haunted Ween is actually a would would make a good movie to watch while you're inebriated, like drunk or high. Um, I was obviously, but um, yeah, it's 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 that type of movie. Excellent. Well, shall we talk a little bit uh, background? Yeah, I got I got quite a bit here. Um, if you want me to go first, it doesn't really matter to me. Yeah, if you want to. I mean, I haven't had a chance to to dig up too much because I know you said you've done quite a lot, but um, there is a commentary, isn't there, on the 2010 uh, re-release? Yeah, I think uh, I think Eric, you watched portions of that. You listened to portions, portions of that. Of it, so I have a few bits and pieces from that. Yeah. Well, here's what, here's what I have. Um, it was filmed in and around Bowling Green, Kentucky. Uh, many of the many of the actors were actually students at uh, Western Kentucky University at the time. Uh, Blake Pickett, who you mentioned earlier, uh, Justin, I believe, uh, she plays male. She went on to star, as they, as you said, in a series of kind of, I guess, low-rent direct-to-video uh, softcore sci-fi films. But she also had stunt roles in um, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, and she did stunt work on an underrated kind of whodunit thriller from the 90s uh, called Traces of Red, uh, which is a film I've always enjoyed for its kind of laughable approach to luridness but it's a pretty good pretty effective uh, murder mystery um brian blakely who plays kurt he was miscredited as brian blackley in the film's opening credits but uh he was properly credited in the closing credits um director doug roberts uh, who also wrote the film uh he has a background or a supporting role as a frat guy and this appears to be his only film credit uh in fact, researching much of the cast, it appears that most of them didn't do much at all after this, or, or even before this. Um, one cast member whose uh, whose name kind of stirred up some belly laughs for me was uh, Bentley Tittle. <laughs> I love that name. <clears throat> what was that, Eric? I just went, ha-ha. Yeah, I like that name, Bentley Tittle. Um, he was a set dresser on one of my favorite movies, uh, Radio Inside. Um, with William McNamara and Elizabeth Shue. And that was uh, my number two pick when we did the uh, top three non-horror films back on our Cutting Class episode. Um, Miraculously, the film has an official website with uh, merchandising for sale at hauntedwing.com. There's not much else on the site, just a few little asides from the the director, which I'll read out, but that's hauntedwing.com. From the official website, um, the director's quoted as saying, Haunted Ween is a horror comedy made in Bowling Green, Kentucky. We filmed at WKU, the old Sigma Alpha Epsilon house, and a downtown warehouse for the interior scenes. We also use an old farmhouse in Rich Pond, Kentucky for the exterior scenes. Uh, this was the Berber house. Haunted Ween took 23 days to shoot the principal photography and then another two years to complete. So um, I, I think I read it was 1989 to 91. It was a, a long uh production period um anyway he goes on to say uh it was shot on 16 millimeter film and transferred directly to video we sold a little over 2,000 copies with a money-back guarantee no one sent a copy back to us um then he goes on to say haunted wing was an independent film project of passion after graduating with a film and tv production degree from wku i wanted to show hollywood that we could make movies in kentucky it became my quest uh, more than 200 people worked on the film at different times. Uh, without the help of the local community, it would have been impossible to make the movie. Uh, there were many local companies that helped us make our film. Uh, Hoshins Markets, Domino's Pizza, Subway, RC Cola, 
Dixie Cream Donuts, the Capital Arts Theater, Wilbur Sprouse, 107.1 The Gator, which is a radio station, I believe. Barry Williams, if that's the same Barry Williams that I'm thinking of, um, that's interesting. Uh, WBKO and too many news outlets to name are just a few of the local supporters and folks that helped make Haunted Queen. And that is all the background I have on the film. Okay, well, Nathan, what have you got? Nothing. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> well I'll tell you what. Haunted Wayne is actually a play on words because Ooh. it's a haunted house, Halloween, haunted Wayne. Get it? I never, I never thought about No, hey. it never occurred to me. So I did have something. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> well, let's just take a moment to reflect. Anyway, Eric, what have you got? Okay, I've only got a few more bits and pieces in addition to what uh, Joseph said. It was filmed in 1989. It was filmed in August of 1989, late summer. Um, the scene in the cabin with um, the killer and his mother uh, that happens, sort of, you know, maybe 10 minutes into the film, that was actually filmed in Tennessee. Um, it was uh, a cabin that belonged to the direct, a relation of the director. So they filmed it there. They wanted a, a kind of a rural location. And uh, the original title for the film was The Kill Room. Um, but it was changed to Haunted Ween. Partially, they say, they say on the commentary track, it's partially inspired by the fact that uh, they were filming a lot of it in Bowling Green, Kentucky, which is the hometown of John Carpenter. So they were paying homage to John Carpenter's Halloween, of course. Uh, of course, if you've ever watched um, the end credits on Halloween, you'll notice that he credits the score to the Bowling Green Orchestra, I think it is, um, which is basically just John Carpenter on his own. But he wanted to make it sound like there was some kind of... Um, you know, other people involved in the score. Um, what else do I have? The, what's the actress's name again? Um, who plays Mel? Blake? Pickett. Something That's Pickett. it, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I've only scribbled down the notes here. Uh, she was also a, a, a game show hostess, um, kind of like Vanna White, uh, on some show that was based out of Nashville. So she has a Tennessee connection as well. Uh, and the band, The Side, who play at the Keg House, they were actually a real band, and they were actually called The Side. Um, and they provided three original songs to the soundtrack of the film. Uh, but they, they, he comments that he doesn't really know what happened to them, but he thought that they were very good and they had a lot of potential, and he thought that they would maybe hit it big, but I don't think they did. And that's all I have. Okay, well, thank you. I don't have much to add apart from uh, I looked at the copyright office and there was a credit for the, the, the film's theme tune from 1989, so that certainly supports um, it being made in the late 80s. Um, I alluded to the fact that there was, at the end of the well, the, um, the, the 2010 edition, there was a, a lookout for Haunted Wing 2, and as far as I know, it's never been made, but it was an Indiegogo campaign uh, three, four, four years ago now uh, to get the film made. Um, and out of the $10,000 they were aiming for, they raised $385. So I'm kind of guessing that it didn't actually um, uh, happen. And apparently it was due to start filming in July from filmmaker Dustin Ferguson um, with... Uh, oh, with, God. What? Do you know him? What? Oh, God. Oh, God. Just keep going. Sorry. Okay. No, no, you have to. The sequel you're talking about is actually a fan sequel. Um, Dustin Ferguson, I don't really know the guy. I mean, he's probably a nice guy, but um, he makes a lot of these fan sequels. And 
honestly, uh, they're they're not my cup of tea. So I'll just leave it at that. I don't think it got made though, did it? Because I couldn't see no, any evidence no. of it. But apparently, the the uh, producer and director of the first one was on board. Uh, um, and I've got a page here and it says, uh, Robertson, uh, he says, uh, says, I'm not involved in the writing or any part of production. I simply have an agreement with him to call the movie Haunted Ween 2. Originally, he was going to do a remake of Haunted Ween, but then decided to do a sequel instead. Dustin seems like a good guy. I wish him all the best. And it was, it was going to be called Haunted Ween 2, The Revenge of Eddie Berber. So... Um, uh, and he says here it might actually... It was due to have Tuesday night in it, which sounds a bit no. strange. Yeah. Hmm. Well, Dustin, is, he's he's managed to land a couple of uh, I wouldn't call them big names, but it's it's, it's recognizable names, and I, his heart's in the right place. But I think the problem I have with a lot of his movies that I've seen, uh, he did the Cheerleader Camp Two sequel. Uh, the problem is that they're I hate just I hate to be this way, but they're just not very good, um, and they they kind of drone on too much. And another problem is that he makes like he makes like 20 movies a month. I mean, I would rather someone make one good movie a year or one good movie every few years than making like, you know, 20 or 30 kind of go the whole, uh, trauma Lloyd Kaufman route without the budget, you know, making 30 movies in a month. Uh, I think that kind of hinders him. Um, I think he's got the, he's got the talent, you know, make something decent. Um, you know, I think, I think he should kind of focus, he can do what he wants, you know, you know, more power to him. But I think, I think he would fare better if he focused on, you know, a, a single movie over a, a long period of time. Cause I think he could really crank something. I think he could really crank something good out, but this it, it, it kind of seems like, um, it kind of seems like he just kind of rushes through a lot of these, these things. Um, I would be interested to see him do something, you know, an actual full fledged movie, you know, an actual full fledged production schedule, all that kind of thing. But you know, his heart's in the right place. Uh, mm. You know, if you want to try to make Haunted Wing 2, more power to you, I guess. Well, it sounds, um, just reading through this article, it sounds uh, he, he may have been putting a bit more thought into this one, perhaps. He said he was going for, uh, wanted to make it a, a, a true sequel that, that people would swear it was uh, directed by Doug, the original director itself. And he said it would start 25 years in the future on Halloween and be filmed in Nebraska. Um, but they would have a couple of uh, sh- uh, scenes uh, recreated from uh, 1991. So, um, and also set around a an upper haunted house, but uh, attraction. So, but anyway, that didn't didn't happen. Um, well, not yet, anyway. So, uh, uh, maybe we will see a haunted ween too at some point in the future, but uh, not at the moment. So, uh, is that all the background we have on the movie? I believe so. Okay. Well, do you have uh, do you have to hand what people have been saying about the film on our Facebook group and various social media channels, Joseph? Yeah, I got a few things here. Uh, this is from our new forums, um, which are up. You should check those out. Mister Palmer says, "I don't like it." That's not shocking. Tuzotonic says, "Haunted Ween is an occasionally fun regional slasher movie from Western Kentucky. I'm a sucker for low budget direct to video movies filmed with a local cast." I do enjoy the fact that, according to the movie, people in the late 60s dress and have the same hairstyles as people in the late 80s. I think you mentioned that, Justin. Uh, The theme song is rather catchy. Yes, there are some bad comic relief characters. I'm looking at you, Hanks. And the characters are really unmemorable, but the film has some heart. I actually think the characters are pretty memorable. Um, But anyway, he goes on to say the actors were probably people from the local college who wanted to be in a movie. A look on uh, the Internet Movie Database confirms that Haunted Wing was the first and last role for most of the cast. 
on a side note, no pun intended, the side is one of the worst names for a band I've heard. What do you think, Eric? I think it's quite good. I like the name The Side. Yeah, I do too. It's kind I of think catchy. They're a bit crap, but I like yeah. the name. I kind of like them. They were kind of catchy in that bad, kind of bad movie kind of way. Uh, let's see. Kodiak exactly Jack. It's hysteria. No, they're not. <laughs> no. Um, Kodiak Jack, he says, I love this flick. The baseball bat scene is an all-time favorite of mine. The movie itself has a nice regional charm that's hard to replicate. I watch it almost every October. And ooh, this is kind of a long one from Psycho Break 77. He says, some random thoughts on Haunted Wing. The first 45 plus minutes, the film plays up two things, the annoying actors and the horrible comedy. After little Eddie murders the young girl in the beginning, the horror comes to a screeching halt. The film pads out some time with college tomfoolery and general general fuckery. We get endless talks about schemes for different fundraisers to come up with money to renew their charter. I felt like I dozed off and they still were talking about fundraisers. At least the third act tries to liven things up. Our hero, Eddie, has put a secret kill room in the haunted house and has brought a bunch of strong, accented Kentucky kids there for their bloody demises. The patrons, having no idea that this is a real haunted house eat this shit up with a spoon and tell eddie what to do to these brats uh the crowd's bloodlust is out of control as they yell ways to murder the hapless youths and eddie is happy to oblige i do like how eddie dons different masks to off these young adults one by one uh once the crowd realizes it's all for real dude they scatter like roaches leaving the totally annoying jokester character to unsuccessfully burn him with a homemade flamethrower I can't make this shit up, uh, which leads us to the most magnificent part of the whole film. Did you know an automobile can blow up if you shoot the back bumper? I think we <laughs> mentioned that earlier. Actually, they're just kind of repeating what we've already went over. Um, it can. Don't believe me. Watch the movie and you'll see it happen. Eddie then successfully drives his dilapidated rape van away, even though it's engulfed in flames. And he is basically the human torch. The end. Or is it? That it promises a haunted wing too soon. I'm still waiting. Uh, let's see. Over on Facebook, Blaine Geyser says that art reminds me of Terror Train and the old Slaughter High VHS art. I'm assuming he was looking at a poster. Shane Lambert says I've never heard of it. Uh, Baron Sardonicus, I like that name. Feels like the filmmakers just kind of gave up and tried to save the film in editing. It didn't work. Tim S. Turner says, oh, man, I've never seen this one. Now I'm interested unless it's a Nathan pick, in which case I'll take some drama, <laughs> in which case I'll take some Dramamine and a stiff shot of Lagavulin, Lagavulin. I don't know what that is. Um, that's right. I said stiff. You're welcome, Eric. <laughs> Matt Minter, he says, this was made in my home state, but I'm not bragging. Uh, on Instagram, Tapes by Dawn says, God, I love this movie. And on Twitter, the Bitter Bastard Nerdcast says, never heard of this, but I'm interested in hearing what you gents have to say about it. Travis Davis says, I've never seen this, but that mask made me immediately think of Terror Train. Going to check this out. And finally, Jacob says, I really enjoy it, but I fully understand people not liking it. It could use editing. The DVD does have good features, I believe. Uh, I believe the director is still selling them on his website. And that is all the feedback we have for Haunted Ween. 
Excellent. Well, thank you for everyone uh, for writing in. And I guess it's probably a good time to play how to get in contact with the show. And you've done a new contact details, haven't you, Joseph? Uh, yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Hysteria Continues. Search the name on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay up to date on our latest shenanigans. Or join our discussion forum at tbc-productions.com, URL pending. If you've enjoyed our show, consider becoming a Patreon subscriber. That's patreon.com forward slash The Hysteria Continues. You can email us directly at thehysteriacontinues at gmail.com. Yes, and thank you to everyone who has uh, written in in the past. And also thank you to our lovely Patreon supporters. And uh, it's uh, the new year, so we will be launching uh, the next Patreon. I think will be our um, our non-horror uh, related ones, our little mini season of non-horror, starting with the Poseidon Adventure, which will be coming up shortly. And do we have a top three for this month? Uh, no. Nathan, you have a list of ideas, don't you? Yeah, I got a list on my desktop. We can go over it and okay. see what we want to do. Well, it'll be a surprise then, yeah. won't it? Uh, so, yeah. Quiz that Joseph was working on? Is that Patreon? Huh? The Family Feud thing. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, it's it's going to be on our eighth birthday episode, which I'm sure Nathan will announce at the end of the show. Oh, yes, I'm very excited about it. Yeah, so that's going to come up next time. So, uh, yes, well, thank you for everyone who supports the show through Patreon. And obviously, if you do, you get access to the shows uh, earlier for when they regularly go out. Plus, you get uh, usually two extra bonus episodes a month. So um, if you haven't already supported, you can do for as little as a dollar a month. So, um, But uh, I guess it's that time, isn't it, Eric? For you is. know what, so here is your jingle, and I will count you in after this. It's my joke of the week, it's so, so fantastic. Okay, Eric, hit us up. Okay, so the lead actor in or the lead character in this film is called Kurt, and he was named after Kurt Russell. But did you know that his wife was going to be in the film too, <laughs> and it was going to be called Goldie Haunted Ween? <laughs> oh. oh dear. Well, we have a slight um, uh, problem with our soundboard that um, the uh, Eric, Nathan, and Joseph can't hear these sound effects, so they don't know which ones I'm playing. So obviously, hilarious laughter and applause is what you're playing. It, it is, yes. Um, it's it's like a never-ending standing ovation for your your witty repartee, Eric. So thank you very much. Glad you realised that, Justin. Well, I think it's about time that you were rewarded with, uh, you know, the, the due respect that you deserve. Hang on, I heard that. <laughs> anyway, anyway, thank you, Eric. <laughs> I thought you said you can hear I them. I liked it, Eric. It was, it was we, could, we could hear that faintly in the background, that one. The wah, wah. Well, okay. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll be sort, sort out the uh, technical gremlins a little uh, uh, before next time. Um, do we have any other feedback? I don't have anything else. No. Okay. Well, um, there's, um, well, there's one thing we should probably mention. Um, Mm. we got some private feedback a little while ago with them. We're not supposed to read out on the show, but basically there's a new listener. Uh, his name is Chris and, uh, 
without going into too much detail, we'll just say thanks for listening, Chris, and uh, I hope you're doing okay. Hmm. Likewise, Chris. Yeah, yes. thank you, Chris. Yeah, thank you for, uh, for listening. listening, and thank you to all our lovely listeners out there. Um, did we want to do an after the credits, do you think, or is that we've already kind of covered? Oh, I think that we could do one. Okay. Well, you won't be able to hear this, but here is after the credits. Don't press stop. Okay, Nathan. Well, what would you say happened to Eddie after the credits? Well, I think that Eddie became a Jason Voorhees type killer, and year after year, teen, uh, you know, students from the college tried to put on the haunted house, and they kept getting killed. But like the people that go to Camp Crystal Lake, they just don't think to, you know, stop going there. So, I mean, I foresee like. 10 plus sequels. See, Stripes agrees with me. <laughs> uh, what about you, Eric? Well, I think he, he drives off in his fiery van for a long time. Um, but eventually it will, it will uh, come to a, a standstill because I, as f- I'm not that technical, but I think fire in a vehicle will damage the components. So I think he ha- is stranded in the middle of the desert and he becomes a Hills of Eyes killer. Do you have the desert in Kentucky? Yeah, of course you have desert in Kentucky. There's desert everywhere in America. Um, In Alaska as well. Um, Yeah, so that's what happens. He turns into a Hills of Ice killer because he gets stranded in the desert. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Joseph? Well, as we know, uh, Haunted Wing 2 was never made. I like to think that someone uh, wanted to make a porn version. They call it Haunted Wang. (laughs) Ooh. Mm -hmm. Uh, that'd be horrible. Imagine your wang being haunted. Well, imagine. Oh, that'd be terrible. You could have a double bill with Punch My Chocolate Starfish, couldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Why would you punch the chocolate starfish? Eric, you have to ask. Mm. Well, there's also that gay porn movie that Justin likes called The Hole. So it could be that Haunted Wang meets The Hole. Well, there's yeah. a serious accusation against Justin. Well, it is. I might have mentioned that before. Libel. Yeah, well, I don't know if I liked I mean, it. You were, Justin, you're the one that mentioned it. I didn't watch it until you mentioned it. And then it was like, oh, okay, well, I need to check this out. It's the, it's the one where you, you answer the phone and in um, five days you turn gay. Yeah. That's the oh. one, isn't it? It is absolutely hysterical. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just so ridiculous. Mm. Well, I'm sure there's everybody a- seems to be okay with it, though. Unlike you know that movie, The Ring, where they die in you know seven days. Like in this movie, when they turn gay, they seem cool with it. Hmm. There's quite a lot of rings in that movie. I seem to remember. <laughs> <laughs> and chocolate starfishes. Yes. What do you think at the end of uh, Haunted Wing, Justin? What do you well, think? Well, I think in the sequel, what it would do, it would start 25, um, 25 years later, and they would do a, um, a flashback to 1991, and everyone would be on their iPhones um, on Instagram with Ariana Grande <laughs> T-shirts on. I think that's what would happen. Mm. Very good, very good. Yes. Okay. So, so yeah, this is our after the credits. Um, it's very informative. Very informative, yes, indeed. So, uh, well, I think uh, we have um, dragged out or pulled out Haunted Ween long enough, haven't we, as it were. So, uh, what are we covering next time on our eighth anniversary birthday show? 
On our wonderful eighth anniversary birthday show, we are going yeah. to cover something very wintry. We're going to be covering iced. Oh, so be careful when you build snowmen, people. Yes. So yeah, well, that one I seem to remember that one being a fun one. Uh, we have a uh, we'll also be. Oh, go Sorry, ahead, we, have, we have a request section on the forum where people could just, you know, kind of give like suggestions what they want to hear. And I used to seem to be the one that most people wanted us to cover. So I'm looking forward to that. Cool. And we'll nice. be joined by one of our favorites, Amanda. Oh, yeah. Uh, Amanda Reyes will be with us. Um, Fantastic. Oh, also, um, I, I, sh- I should mention, I'm sure most people know this already, but uh, there will be a, a, a game, a family feud game uh, hosted by me. And Justin, Eric, and Nathan will be squaring off against one against my Steve Harvey isms. I'm very curious as to how we'll do this because Family Feud only usually has only two groups of players. Oh, I, yeah, I've already yeah. I've already worked that out. So. Uh, uh, well, yes. So join us uh, for a very special birthday uh, celebration next time, and also join us over on Patreon for some exclusive content. And uh, yeah, what are we playing out with, Joseph? This is the uh, Haunted, Wing theme, Haunted Wing theme song. Um, I'm not sure who does it. It may be the side. I can't remember. But uh, it's just theme song I found on YouTube, actually. Fantastic. Okay. Well, it's good to be back. I uh, hope you enjoyed our Haunted Ween. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time. So say goodbye to the good people. Bye. 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 Jimmy Kirk. Jimmy Kirk. I mean, I'm never. Who's that? <laughs> never heard of her. Well, I uh, have good. You do remind me a lot of the kid in Nightmare. How rude. That's true, actually. We're just dying. Start the show. We're just dying. Start the show.